I'm going to go ahead and tell you one of my favorite comedians is named Beth Stelling. I've done a bunch of shows with her, seen her so often, and I think she's really great. She's a comedian and writer, and she loves her mom. So she decided to start a podcast with her on We Called Your Mom. Beth and her mom, Diane, call up the mothers of artists and comedians you love and chat them up about their super talented children. This sounds like a show you don't want to listen to because Beth's really great, and it's a great premise. You'll hear from the creators of Maria Bamford, Sam Richardson, Jonathan Van Ness, and many more. You can listen to We Called Your Mom exclusively on Stitcher Premium. Remember, Stitcher Premium, you also get our entire back catalog. You get the beautiful follow-up show. You get a whole bunch of the live shows that we've done. And uh, for a free month of Stitcher Premium, go to stitcherpremium.com slash mom. Use the promo code STORIES. Hook yourself up. Hello to all my Topo Chico drinkers. It's Beautiful Anonymous. One hour, one phone call, no names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun. And I'll get to know you and you'll get to know me. Hello, everybody. It's Chris Gethard. Welcoming you to another episode of Beautiful Anonymous. Just wanted to let you know real quick. I got tour dates. I'll fly through them for you. Uh, Wednesday, that's tomorrow night. Brooklyn, there's still tickets available for my show at Union Hall. Doing a whole tour of the Southeast in March. Durham, North Carolina, looks like it's going to sell out. Thank you guys for that. I'm also doing Charleston, South Carolina, Wilmington, North Carolina, Huntsville, Alabama. I'm doing Zanies in Nashville, which I once mentioned on the show that I it's the first club I ever did on the road and I sold no tickets. And you guys are stepping up. Ticket sales are pretty healthy. Maybe I'll see you out there. And then I'm doing Atlanta, Georgia as well. You can get tickets for all those at chrisgeth.com. Thanks to everybody who's been listening to the show. I want to um, put something out there that's a little sad. I'll just say it. It's a little sad. Um, you know, we had a call under the name Cuddly Pudge a guy who was uh, seeking to adopt a child. It was a while back. And then we had a follow-up where he revealed that he was actually sick. He was suffering from cancer. And he just posted in the uh, beautiful anonymous community on Facebook that he's actually entering hospice, trying to uh, enjoy what seemed to be his final days. So I just wanted to, uh, on behalf of all of us here at the show, send him our love. And uh, everybody in that Facebook group, that whole community is rallying and doing the same thing. So hate to be a bummer at the top of the show, but wanted to let everybody know that uh, I just wanted to publicly say that I'm sending him the best and I hope everything with him and his family goes uh, as well as possible in what sounds like an extremely hard time. So we're sending you our love. Okay, this week's episode, we went old school. A lot of people will say like, why don't you just patch the first call through like the old days, man? So we did that. You'll see how that goes. And uh, we get, I tell you what, we get to a call that I thought was pretty cool. Because on this show, sometimes we have, uh, you know, we have some stuff where people have been through a lot or people tell us about their houses burning down or or about, um, you know, surviving shootings that can be dark. And this one wound up being, if I can just say, there's just a guy who seems pretty psyched about how his life turned out. And that's nice to hear every once in a while, too. It's a nice reminder that uh, you got to also look at the good things and dwell on those. And I think... Uh, necessary thing for me to think about. I'm someone who maybe gets caught up sometimes on the other side. So caller, thanks for calling up, letting us know what life is like on the road, what life is like at home, and uh, for showing us so many uh, silver linings along the way. Enjoy the call. 
Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello? Hello? Hey, can you hear me? Because I can't. Nobody's answering me. I have this vision that maybe you're... Is this Chris? Oh, there you go. Hi. It's working. Yeah, so we... uh... Wow, that went like... Through. I was going to say, yeah, I came in today. I said to Jared and Harry, why don't we really walk the razor's edge? No call screening today. Patch through the first one. Let's see what happens. No questions asked. Are you oh. there? This is why we, this is why we don't do this. This is exactly why we don't. Okay, let's. <laughs> Okay, we got to hang up on this person, try again. And, and let's leave this in the episode so people understand why we call screen. <laughs> All the people who say, why do you screen the calls? It's supposed to be lawless. That's why. That's why we screen the calls. Caller, thank you so much for trying. Let's go to, let's go to number two if we can. All that's happening is we're going to hit the buttons with their face. What if we did this for an hour? You think people would listen to this and then no one would ever complain about the call screen again? We hang up on them. Let's try a new one. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hey. How are you? This is Chris. What's up? Hey, man. What's going on? Not much. We uh, we're patching through calls today. No call screening. So I hope you have a good connection. Um. Yeah, I think so. I'm at my house and uh, generally have pretty good uh, connectivity at this place. That's good. Yeah, you sound good. Let me just say too. One thing that we do with the call screening that I should just say to you, in fairness to you. Um, is that at this point, if you want to hang up, if you're like, oh, no, I got on, I don't know if I actually want to do this, now's the time to hang up. If not, we're going to put the audio out there into the world so we can't, uh, can't no no turning back after this. It's up to you. No, no turning back. Ah, oh, no, that's cool. We can, we can chat. I'm into it. See where the conversation goes, I suppose. I would love that. And I like your style already. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say I like your style already. You seem like a cool cat. Yeah, man. Nah. I didn't expect to get through. I just got uh, done with some errands. I just got back to the house and um, just kind of seeing what I was trying to figure out to do with the rest of the day. And then I saw the tweet come in and I was like, oh, well, let me, uh, let me see what old Chris is up to today. What is old Chris up to today? Not much. I, uh, I tell you what, I rented myself a little shared office. So I went to my office today. That's a new development in my life. Is it a is it a WeWork production or uh it's not something a, similar? It's not a WeWork, but it's a, someone in my neighborhood has a has a space nice. and is like, yeah, I'm just trying to get like I got like ten desks in there. Anybody wants to fill one? So I found one, and I go into the office now, and I feel cool about that. I'm like, oh, I got an office. You feel productive about it. I'm, yes. I'm excited for you. I'm about to uh, I'm about to have something similar situation here in the next couple of weeks of my life, too. So I'm, I'm excited to have, like, my own kind of office space, you know? Yeah, a place to go focus, <clears throat> get things done. Now, what are you up to? That's yeah. what I'm up to. What are you up to? Man, I'm, I'm uh, recovering, you know, from the holidays a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, had a had a nice Thanksgiving weekend. That's good. Uh, with some family. And, um, yeah, just trying to get back into the swing of things here Monday morning. Or Monday afternoon, I guess it is now. But uh, 
was actually trying to figure out what I was going to eat for lunch. I mean, it's not, you know, I don't live a super exciting life, but like, you know, um, yeah, I got back into town last night and, uh, you know, ran some Monday morning errands and literally, like I said, I just walked back in the door. I hadn't even taken my dog out to go to the bathroom yet. Nice. So we might do that on the phone. I would love that. A nice walk with the dog. And I wouldn't mind spending an hour just hearing your thought process on what you should eat for lunch. I think that's pretty fascinating audio. <laughs> Man, you know what? I, I got to admit, Chris, um, you know, I, I listened to your show, you know, I've listened for a while and uh, I know a lot of calls are, you know, in depth and, and real you know, and intense conversations and some of them are lighthearted and fun. And, you know, and, and I'm a cat that really the hardest part of my day is trying to figure out where I'm going to eat for lunch. Now, I'm, you, I'm, I'm blessed. Yeah. How'd you wind up with such a lucky life? Man, I mean, you know, it, it doesn't have to be hard, you know, um, you just try to surround yourself with good people. And, you know, I luckily at uh, 28, you know, I was, um, I found uh, the career path that I wanted to go down and, you know, and, uh, you know, after that, man, everything just kind of falls into place after that. So, you know, I've, I've, it's been, uh, it's been pretty, pretty good life for me so far. So I, I don't really have any good complaints. There's some good sides and some downsides like everybody, but, you know, I just try to have a positive attitude about everything. It's just, you know, you got to go with the flow. Oh my God. What a refresh breath of fresh air you are. A stress-free 28-year-old in 2018? That's unheard of. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm 34 now. Um, you know, I, that, you know, about five, you know, going on six years ago now, like, I, you know, I kind of fell into my career path. And, you know, I, I love what I do. Uh, it's challenging. And, you know, it's fun to kind of bounce around what I do. And, uh, you know, I've, I've surrounded myself with good people. I've had, a, I've had three major career changes in my life since, you know, high school. And, you know, all three of them have been really different. But one, one similar, uh, uh, you know, thing is, is travel. I, I love to travel. And so, you know, I, I started traveling when I was 18 and, uh, you know, kind of been, you know, I was in the military for a while. I drove trucks for a while and, you know, now I do what I do now in the music business and just kind of, you know, I like to travel and it's just, it's fun. It's fun to do it on other people's dime and, you know, uh, surrounding myself with good people and everything else, like I said, just kind of falls into place. That's pretty great. What a good thing to hear. I need to be reminded of that because I got a great life. I have, by most people's de definition, an objectively good life going, and I still spend a lot of days real stressed out. And I like hearing what you have to say because it's a good reminder for me. And selfishly, it is. I mean, you know, I'm glad. Yeah. Well, we all have stressful days, you know, and this this uh, past weekend, you know, my, uh, you know, I had I had a big, you know, I don't have a, I got a large family, I guess. I got, you know, a couple of siblings and some nieces and nephews. And, you know, I decided a couple of months ago, like I wanted to do a big shimmy family reunion type thing, you know, and this, I, I, I wanted to plan it. I planned for a living. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to plan this event, you know, and set it all up. So, I mean, there's some stressful moments leading up to that and, you know, it all, you know, it went off without a hitch and it was good to see everybody. And, you know, there's, there's stressful moments in everybody's life and there's ups and downs. And, you know, I'm, I had good parents that just kind of, like I said, taught me to, you know, kind of appreciate everything. And uh, it, it's good to be reminded of that. But, you know, what you're doing, too, with your show, it's it's always fun to kind of, you know, listen to some, some good calls where, where people are, you know, 
just can be reminded of that every now and again. I like the cut of your jib. Now, you've mentioned a few times, you've now said you get to plan things professionally, you work in the music industry. Can I ask, what type of, what type of uh, gig do you have set up? Uh, I am a road manager for some artists. Oh, that's cool. Uh, so I, I tour for a living. So in my experience, that would mean you're not the person booking the gigs, but you're the person who makes sure that the actual process of getting to the gigs, doing the gigs, and getting to the next gig runs smoothly. Is, is my understanding correct? Yeah, I'm, I'm, the tour, I'm a tour manager is, is uh, my title. That's cool. Well, can I ask what genre of music you work in? Um, yeah, that'll, that'll, that'll narrow it down for some listeners, but, uh, yeah, genre is, is currently country. That's a whole world. That's a whole world, man. It is. I it love is. it. I want to pick your brain if that's okay. Cause I'll tell you what, can I, can I tell you something that I know? So I have been in a situation where I've toured and, uh, as a comedian, obviously, but I have, I once worked with so I don't want to reveal too much about this person. I once worked with a person who helped out on a tour I was on, who had randomly done years of work for Kenny Chesney, who is my and my understanding oh. is one of the kingpins of the of the country touring world. And he yeah, ex- he ex- he explained to us the scale at which country artists are working as far as how many t-shirts are sold and how many tickets are sold and how relentlessly people are out on the wrong road, how many days in a row. And it, that is a world beyond what, what I knew about as somebody who likes, uh, the punk rock. Right. Country's huge. It's, it's big. It's big. It's, you know, um, the, the, the great thing about working in country music is, we're weekend warriors. You know, it's it's different than a rock tour that starts in Seattle and, and you know, in, in like April and it zigzags all the way across the country for months and months and ends in New York somewhere, you know, and you're not seeing your family at all because that's, that's a big part of touring. Uh, country, you know, we're, we're what they call the weekend warriors. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my I, I work weekends. You know, I leave out Wednesday night. I do shows Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and I'm back home Sunday. That's, and then my weekends, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So I get to see my family. I get to see my friends. And, you know, and then I get to kind of reset and recharge and then do it again. You know, um, that's, that's, a, that's a really unique, you know, position that I'm in. It's not, you know, country music is not, if I'm being completely honest, it's not my favorite type of music. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's the easiest to work with. Everybody's friendly. Everybody has the same common goal to, you know, you got a show to do. You just... We're all here to make some money, have a good time, and go home safe. That's cool. You know, so that's, I mean, that's it. It doesn't have to be hard. And I've, I've heard of people who have done rock tours and pop tours, and it's grueling. It's tough. And you're out there for months and months and years, worldwide tours. Uh, and it's grueling on your body. It's grueling on, you know, friendships and relationships. And so I'm, I'm lucky that I found a home in, in country music that I can, you know, kind of have a, a bit of a home life and still get out there and scratch the itch of, of traveling. I love that. I love that. I do that. So I do that sometimes with the uh, stand up touring, with the weekend warrior stuff where it's like, if I'm doing Minneapolis, I just fly <clears throat> out and I get to just hunker down and camp out at one club for the weekend. Same club, five shows, right. three nights back home. It's pretty nice. It's, it's, it's convenient, you know, 
And the, the, the people that I've worked with in country, they're, you know, salt to the earth. They're, they're some of the most beautiful people and, you know, down to earth. And, you know, we just want to put on a good production and then go home. You know, yeah. it, it doesn't have to be that hard. And what, uh, do you think, what inspires like the, uh, the intensity surrounding country? Is it because it's not mainstream because it's not pop that the people who are going to these shows feel like we're a part of something that we kind of have to take ownership of more? I think so. You know, um, you know, country music, you know, kind of, you know, um, resonates with, with blue collared, you know, kind of workers. So, you know, like I, th- I think the weekend warrior stuff is, you know, they're, they're ready to unwind for the weekend. And, you know, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday shows or whatnot are, you know, that's, that's their, that's their time off to, to go out and see a show. Um, so I, I think that that kind of resonates. And I mean, country is big. I mean, rock and pop are way, you know, you can draw a crowd on a Monday night in, you know, Alabama or, you know, Kentucky or something like that. But, it's you know you know you're not going to get the same kind of crowd with a country show playing on a Monday night in those types of towns or mm-hmm. states or whatnot. Yeah, as like a T Swift, for example. Taylor Swift. That was a Taylor Swift reference. Sorry, say that one more time. I, I was just referencing Taylor Swift, and my timing was off, so the joke didn't land. It's all it's my fault. Oh, it's my fault. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah. That's cool, man. Uh, but yeah, no, I, you got that. Yeah. You got that good weekend warrior life, and then you get to chill the rest of the week. Yeah, you know it's it's kind of nice, and um, it gets you know. And the other cool thing about country music too is instead of doing you know two months or three months or four months of touring, can relentlessly you can kind of stretch out your entire year. You know, so like I I've got a you know pretty much my whole year is booked. You know, and, and yeah. it's not every weekend. Um, you know, this particular weekend that got, you know, coming up, I've got a couple of shows out on the West coast and then the following weekend I've got off and, you know, but for the most part during the spring, summer and fall, I mean, you're, you know, for the most part you're working, you know, every weekend it's grueling, you know, and you're just out there humping and and getting it done and working every weekend. And then you come home. Yeah. Reset, recharge and do it all over again. You ever see that Bo Burnham video, the Bo Burnham song about country music? I wonder what you thought about that. I'm, I'm sure I have. He's a comedian, very talented guy. He directed that movie, Eighth Grade. Very, very talented dude. Oh, right, yeah. I wanted to dislike him when I first heard about him and then met him and looked into his work and was like, I don't care if he's been doing it on YouTube. This guy is brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant. I got to get over my own closed mind. But he has a song that's, uh, the basic premise of his song is that it's a uh, parody of a country song where he lays out, hey, um, a lot of country artists are playing into your blue collar working class roots while they themselves are ridiculous millionaires. Your thoughts are ridiculous. What was that last part? I'm sorry. Millionaires. Like some of these country artists are driving Lamborghinis around and then they go up on stage and they talk about how hard it is to till a field, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, and that's funny that you mentioned that, man. I actually had a conversation with somebody about that on uh, literally a week ago. And some of the people that I've met, actually most of the guys that I've met, and, and there have been some you know, A-list people that have sold out arenas and stadiums, they drive Ford pickup trucks. They live, you know, out in the hills, uh, you know, in Tennessee. They have, you know, they have nice houses, but they, you know, have, they still go to Whole Foods. You know, they still shop. And, and that, that's the thing about, you know, 
and I'm kind of maybe narrowing down where I live at, but like you see them in the the car lane dropping their kids off at school. You know, I mean, they're they're literally just everyday normal people, just like you and I. Um, that at least from from my perspective. Now, don't get me wrong; some of them have some nice cars every now and again, but for the most part, it's. I mean, they literally live just as you and I do, you know, and I'm sure people tell that about you thinking that, you know, oh man, you're Chris, you see him on TV, you see him big time comedy shows and HBO specials, you know, and, and you're taking the subway to work or taking the subway to the studio, just like everybody else. Yeah, I have had, I tell you, I've had a few conversations where I've been on the seven train and somebody will come up to me and be like, what are you doing here? And I'll be like, I live, <laughs> I live in, I live here. I live in Queens. I live here. I, I am here. not successful enough <laughs> to take cars everywhere. That was, I'll tell you, I had a very funny stretch in my life last year when my TV show was gone, when the, the, the network bought a bunch of subway ads. And if you've ever been in New York City, you know they hang up posters. And there were a ton uh-huh. of subway ads with my head and face on them. And I realized, <laughs> oh, I am now famous enough to have subway ads, but not successful enough to not take the subway. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm doing well enough that that ad is there, but I'm still taking the subway and I can feel people looking at me. <laughs> and Queens is a very working class borough where I could feel a bunch of people just instinctively being like, fuck this guy. What the, I don't like this. Who's right. this fancy guy? I'm like, nah, man. Right. I'm, my right. life. Who, who, who's this guy I think he is? He's probably plastering them photos up there himself. You know, it's just like... Yeah, he's too good. He's, he's he's not good enough to take car service to, into Manhattan. He has to take the seven train. I just had a funny example of this. I don't think I talked about this on the show yet. Jarrett, feel free to edit it out if I have. I don't think I I did a book signing in Washington D.C. and I took the Amtrak down, and you know I'm signing this book and it's got my face on it, and I took the train down and I, I was uh, I walked a couple blocks and it was raining. I was like ah, I don't want to walk. I'm gonna call a lift. So I called a lift. I'm waiting for the lift, and I realize I got to use the bathroom really bad. So I'm looking around, and there's like no Starbucks. There's no hotel where you can run in the lobby. Everybody listens to the show knows I love a good Home Depot bathroom. There's nothing. Then I realize there's an Exxon station, and I run around the side, and I realize that it's got a bathroom, and the bathroom is unlocked. And I run in there and I do my business. I mean, this is like an Exxon station on a random corner in the middle of a major urban city. Right. This is not a nice environment to be in, let alone right. to be doing what I'm doing. I just started laughing because I was like, man, people, t- people tell me that I'm famous. And I'm shitting my brains out in the worst Exxon station I've ever had. I'm 38 years old. I'm just shitting my brains out in a sad Exxon station. Oh, and then I look down. I'm like halfway done. And it's like, your lift is here. And I'm like, oh, God, now I'm, this guy's going to see me come charging out of this bathroom. And he's going to know. He's going to know my shame. <laughs> He's going to know my shame. He might might also put that down as a reference the next time he's in that area. Oh, man, there's an Exxon station. Every time I need to take a dump, I can can swing back by around here and use the bathroom. Oh, maybe I helped. I thought it was thinking there. You know how to loop. might have helped in there. You can loop anything around to positivity. You really can. It's a a small gift. It's a small gift. It's beautiful. I brought up how country stars are like millionaires in their own right. You're like, nope, a lot of these guys are driving their kids to school in their Ford trucks. I'm like, I shit my brains out and it was sad. You're like, but maybe the next guy now knows this. You know how to, you are a relentlessly positive person. I admire it. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I had a thought just for a second. It went away. Oh, man. Sorry about that. 
talking. Sorry, Sally. Um, sorry, Sally. I'm in a talky mood today. I'm talking over you. I'll chill out. Yeah, no, no, no. It's all good. No, this is great. I mean, I'm sure your listeners want to hear all. Oh, yeah, the the touring life. Yeah. So, yeah, people think, you know, backstage is like, you know, this great, beautiful, magical place, you know, and, you know, talking about taking a, a shit and a sketchy ass. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of times, you know, you're you're rolling in a back alley, you know, and in a car service, you know, and you've got really big A-list artists that you're working with and you're rolling backstage down this back alley and it's literally a dump. There's yeah. dumpsters all the way around and, you know, rats running through the alley and it's just kind of, you know, muddled water with grease on the on, on the ground and, and, you, and you're kind of sludging through it to get through a kitchen to go backstage to get to the, you know, like a lot of people don't see yes. that aspect of touring. The cutting you know? through the kitchen is a classic trope of touring people don't realize of like somebody's job is to meet you and they... They're tired because they're working hard. They probably got bags on their eyes. And they're like, all right, I'll show you to your green room. And then they just point you through a kitchen right. where there's 17 people working hard and no one wants to talk to you. And then you get back there. And then half the time, half the, I mean, a lot of times people treat you really nice. People have treated me very, very nice. Sure. But every once in a while you get back there and you're like, oh, there's no heat. There's no heat. back. I, yep. I guess we're all going to sit with our hats there's and no gloves on. There's no heat. People think you're back there sipping Cristal, popping champagne bottles. Yeah. Like, no, we're all checking yeah. our phones, and there's a half-eaten thing of hummus, and we don't know who ate the right. other half, and hummus is not a food you don't want. You don't want to eat the second half of hummus not knowing who was dipping their fingers in it the first round. I just want to take a moment to pause and say that if any uh, hummus companies want to advertise on our show, I'm sorry I disparaged the very concept of hummus. It's not... Uh, what I truly believe I was making a joke and I will happily advertise your brand of hummus on our show much as I will advertise all the following products and services uh, please do check them out they have promo codes use those promo codes if you're interested it really helps the show when you do we'll be right back after this have you heard about the company that's revolutionizing online furniture shopping Joybird empowers you to create a space and furniture that bring you joy. It's a really cool company. I have uh, gone on their website. I am in the process of ordering a chair. It's been fun. Me and my wife have been picking it out, picking the colors. It's really nice stuff. And it's a really intuitive website. And I can't wait. My wife's like, I need a comfortable chair right now. Let's get it going. I said, I know just the place. It's Joybird. With Joybird, you get one-of-a-kind furniture made to your unique taste. Turn your ideas into reality with hundreds of styles and options, from mid-century modern to contemporary classics, all customizable and an amazing array of fabric choices, from rich buttery leather and plush velvets to every color imaginable. Even a wide range of kid and pet-friendly upholstery available, as well as free personal design consultants to help nail down your perfect design. And with Joybird's 365-day home trial, you can skip the furniture store, bring the showroom home, sit on it, sleep on it, break it in, and if you don't love your Joybird, return it for a full refund. See how Joybird is revolutionizing online furniture shopping. Create the furniture that brings you joy today at joybird.com beautiful. Go to joybird.com beautiful, receive an exclusive offer for 25% off your first order by using the code beautiful. Postage rates have gone up again. Thankfully, with Stamps.com, you get $0.05 cents off every first-class stamp and up to 40% off priority mail. That kind of savings really adds up, especially for small businesses. Plus, Stamps.com automatically calculates and prints the exact amount of postage you need for every letter or package you send. You're not going to overpay or underpay ever again. Best of all, 
Stamps.com is completely online, which saves you time. No more inconvenient trips to the post office. Buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter, any package, any class of mail using your own computer and printer. Anything you can do at the post office, you can now do from your desk for less. That's always nice. I use Stamps.com. I like it. It saves me time. It saves me money. What's not to like about any of those things? You're going to like it too. And especially if you're someone who has uh, mail coming in and out like I do. Because um, I am, in effect, running my own small business as a comedian. And uh, it, it really does. It just saves you so much time to be able to do it all from home. Right now, our listeners get a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a digital scale. See for yourself why over 700,000 small businesses use Stamps.com. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in beautiful. That's Stamps.com. Enter beautiful. Thanks again to all of our advertisers. Now let's get back to the phone call. People think you're back there sipping Cristal, popping champagne bottles. It's yeah. like, no, we're all checking yeah. our phones, and there's a half-eaten thing of hummus, and we don't know who ate the right. other half, and hummus is not a food you don't want. You don't want to eat the second half of hummus not knowing who was dipping their fingers in it the first round. That's not No, a- no. You know, left, you know the, the veggie trays, fruit trays that have been sitting out all oh, day, yeah. deli meats that's been uncovered, you know, right. that you have no idea how long it's been there. And sometimes it's yeah, nice that, and there's, there's a spread, there's, or they're like, oh, we got this great restaurant we'll order from. At 90% of the time, people are nice. But that other 10% of the time, like you're saying, yeah, it's like you open the door and you see the flies fly off the old fruit plate, and you're like, well, I guess I'm going hungry <laughs> till after this show. I will just be hungry. Yeah, this is it, you know, like... Maybe I'll Uber eat something, you know, and Ooh. yeah, I mean, and it's, and Tyrion does that. I mean, there's been times where I've had, I've literally had a 75 foot yacht as a green room once. Nice. And then there's literally been times where the only amenities that, you know, Dickville, Iowa County <laughs> fair, they plopped a porter potty down in front of the tour bus. And that's our bathroom that we get to use in. And it's 96 degrees outside. So look, it, it's an ebb and flow in this business. And, and again, trying to bring out the positivity in it, it you know, you gotta, you gotta go through that sludge to get to the bigger stuff, you know? And so like, it kind of centers you sometimes and it, I don't mind it too much as long as, as long as there's more good, you know, good amenities to these shows and there are bad ones, you know, but they, there's good and bad with, with touring. You know, there's some days where I've literally had, you know, I'm pinching myself. I'm like, how am I here right now? Like, how am I on some guy's 75 foot yacht? And this is where I get to change and get ready for the show and, and get my artist up on stage. And, and there's some times where I'm like, Hey man, uh, yeah, this porter potty in front of the bus. That's, that's our, that's our, that's all we got today. Yeah. But yeah. you know what? I always try to remind myself, all the funny war stories aside about the touring life, I know in comedy, in my opinion, there are a lot of comedians who the past handful of years during this comedy boom, when you can find gigs pretty easy, they forget it's not about them. And even on the days when conditions are at the worst, I always take a deep breath. And before every show I do, I like to remind myself, if somebody's having a bad day and I can make that person laugh, then this is a job worth doing. And it's not about me, it's about them. And the hardest day of us touring with our, you know, the spoiled fruit plates, most people aren't handed fruit plates in their lives. And there's some people who spent the only 20 spare bucks they had that month to come see us. And it's an honor and a privilege to make them perform. And 
comedians out there, if you're listening, it's not about you. It's about the person you're trying to entertain. Our jobs are not hard. At the end of the day, having a porta potty in front of our tour bus, it's not as hard. There's people out there who probably, every day they go and work jobs where they might lose a finger in a piece of industrial machinery. I got to make that person laugh. I'm here for them as a service. Boom. Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And Boom. there, you know, I've, I've done so many shows where like, you know, where again, it's, it's not the best day ever, but like, you know, when you're, when you're kind of sitting side stage and your guys up there doing their thing and the crowd is packed and, you know, people are rowdy, but in a good way, they're, they're, they're being entertained. And you're like, man, this is cool. Like this is, yeah, it's, it's the best job in the world being able to, you know, and especially what I do. I mean, you know, I was, I was a kid just like everybody else that, you know, had a guitar that's like, man, I want to be a star. And then you like realize real quick, like, eh, you know what? I'm not that guy, you know, most artists are whack jobs, you know, and not in a bad way, but like, they're, no offense they're taken, different, you know, no offense taken. Everybody's yeah, seen my they're, HBO they're special. People have seen my HBO special. I'm, I am. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm out there on the fringe. Dude, you're a whack job. I am. I am. Somebody, <laughs> somebody know, messaged me all... and said, somebody messaged me on Instagram and said, I listen to beautiful anonymous a lot. And I love that you'd speak about mental health, but I wish you didn't call yourself crazy or certifiable. And I'm like, to me, that's a way to take the edge off. To say I'm a whack job and laugh about it, take the edge right out of that. Now I have power over it, not vice yeah. versa. Yeah. 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 No, so it's it's you know, it's definitely it's definitely good. It's it's a self rewarding job, you know, yeah. and, and that's that's the one benefit that I love about this job is 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 finding the right camp to be in, surrounding yourself with people that you want to be around, surrounding yourself by people who want to fucking be there. Yeah. Like it you know, like that. That in itself is just like if you're happy to show up to work every day. Like, there's, I mean, there's nothing better in life than than you know wanting to go to work and wanting to to make people happy and knowing that you had a small part in that. It's the coolest. I like you. So, what are you doing Sunday through Wednesday? What do you do when you're not out on the road? Uh, man, uh, you know, just uh, catch up with friends. I'm hanging out with the girl and the dog. You know, when she's not being a pain. Um, the you know, dog or the girl <laughs> had to go there. It's, yeah, I assume you mean <laughs> both, the dog. Both, really? Yeah. Nah, she, my, my girl, she's she's got a real job, which which does put a put a nice strain on the relationship sometimes. But she gets it. You know, we've right. been together for you know three years, and so you know, spend a lot of time with her. I, I go fishing. Um, you know, I got a little boat with another buddy of mine who's in the business, and we go out and fish and uh, listen to records. You know, and just kind of relax. You know drink a little bit, smoke a little bit, just kind of kick back and then just kind of prep for the week, you know, and um, there's always something wrong to be that. done right now. I'm just, no, right now I'm just kind of, you know, I'm, I'm about to, to move, you know, we're moving down the street into a bigger place, which is nice. And so you live with your lady? It's a spread out. I do live with the lady, yeah. So you come home, you got your girl, you got your dog, you got your boat, you got your drinks, you got a little Chiba if you want to get cheebed up. That's the yeah. And then you go out on the road, you entertain yeah. people, make them happy. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't do all that stuff on the road. You know, I ain't got time to drink. I can't time to smoke. Yeah. You know, like it's, uh, you know, being being a road manager. I mean, I got to be on call twenty four seven. If that bus breaks down in the middle of the night, they're not calling the artist. They're not calling the other roadies out there. They're calling me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I got to be, I got to, I got to be sober enough. And I was like, hey, I got to figure out how to get us to the next town. Luckily, that doesn't happen very often. Knock on wood, but like. 
you know, so I don't, I don't, I don't party on the road, you know, yeah. I'm pretty straight edge when it comes down to that. So, you know, when it comes into time, I mean, when you get back in town, it's kind of nice to just like, you know, relax a little bit, you know, kind of prep for the following weekend and, you know, just kind of hang out. And this, this month, like I said, I'm, I'm prepping to move across the street to a little bigger place, which I'm excited about. We've got a, I got a couple of shows left on the year. Um, everything's, yeah, everything's moving right along this year. It's, it's, it's going to be a nice end to, to 2018. For sure. Oh, everybody listening is jealous of your life and your attitude. It, man, I mean, everybody. You know, like, it, it, it's like, I, I can't stress it. I, I don't understand people sometimes like that have, you know, that, that work jobs that they hate. I, I can't like the, the very first call and I'll never, I never forget it. The, the first call that you ever did where you, you know, told that guy that was sitting in the parking lot and you told him to scream as loud as he could. And he wanted to go do comedy, you know, like that inspired the fuck out of me. And I was like, nice. I mean, I was already doing my business, you know, doing, doing what I wanted to do. But I was like, I, I tell that to people all the time when I took a chance to get into this business and I, I got lucky. I, I was a fan that was in the right space at the right time that I even got into this business. There's no tour manager school. I didn't go to college. You know, it just happened. But, you know, like, I, I just, if if you are working a job that you hate, you don't have to do that. You literally can go do whatever you want to do. And that's the, the beauty about this country. And some, it's, it's a lot harder for some people, and it shouldn't be. It should be equal. That's what America's built on. It's, everybody should have the opportunity to go do what they want to do. And I'm just lucky enough to, to be in the right spot and, and take advantage of that. Um, but I, I strive to tell people, tell my nephews, tell some friends that are just working jobs that they hate. I'm like, man, why? Like, I don't, I don't, that part, I don't understand. You know, yeah. I, I get if you got, you know, certain things in your life that you can't do, but like, you can also make changes in your life that will benefit you in the long run. It, and it doesn't have to be big, massive changes right away. It could be small changes. But, I mean, it just that irks me, and that bugs the fuck out of me so much. I, I just I don't see it. I don't get it. And, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm, like I said, just real fortunate that I, I, I was able to find what I wanted to do at 28. And, you know, I had to start all over um, at 28, you know. I'm with you. It's it's fun. and you know there's people who catch bad breaks where it's not possible. There's yeah. you know maybe somebody doesn't yeah. have health insurance and they get sick and it's like well that's that or maybe somebody you know I do know that I'm pretty lucky to be a uh, a white dude married to a lady who lives in probably the most you know the financial center of the whole world. I understand that that those all those things check boxes that allow me to take some chances other people don't but i do think you're right on a fundamental level and you know what i think about with it man you know what i think because i am often exhausted and i am often miserable but it's like that's right i think that's the thing that's the thing that i i hope is one of, i hope if i hope if i get hit by a bus i hope that's one of the things people remember me for when i'm always pushing this idea of like go out and chase what you love because it's like i'm exhausted and miserable doing what i love that's a preferable right, thing right. to me than being exhausted and miserable doing something I don't love. Doing what you yeah, love, even being successful yeah. at it, it might not make you happy and it might add its own stresses, but at least it's in the service of something you can get behind and believe in. Why would and, you we know, not, I, I mean, yeah. Why would we not? It, it, I don't know. I don't know why you would not. It's, it's, you know, it's just, and, and it's funny, you know, 
just talking with my brother-in-law over the weekend and, and, you know, for the first time in my life and this career, you know, I've, I've had some, you know, when I started out, I was making $125 a show and that's nothing. You know, when you're doing six shows a month at $125 a show, I didn't major in math, Chris, but that ain't a lot of money. So, you know, but luckily I went from that and I, I started making really good money. And, and for the first time <laughs> in my life, again, I think at that point I was probably in my early 30s where I finally didn't have to live paycheck to paycheck, you know, and it's like there's but there are still frustrating aspects to every job and to every life. It's it's the same. You're going to have struggles regardless if you're making a lot of money or no money, but just finding that happy medium and being happy doing what you're doing, everything else just works itself out how it should be. And it just, I just, it, it, I just don't, I don't get it sometimes, you know. Man, I needed to talk to you today because I've been stressing about a lot of stuff and I feel like you're, there's been a lot of times where people give me credit and say that I get through to them with this show, but I tell you what, I thank you because you're getting through to me today. Good reminder. Well, I appreciate it, man. Well, I, yeah, no, I appreciate that. And I mean, you know, like I said, I mean, you're, you're, you're doing a really good thing. And, and like, I, you know, I, I, I listened to your show for a long time and, you know, there's, there's a couple of good episodes that I like that stick out in my head. And there's a couple of ones that, you know, most of them just kind of come in and go out and but there's a few of them that stuck in there and you're like, man, like it's, it's cool what you're doing. And, and it's, 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 I'm thrilled that I was able to get through and, and just have a conversation today. And um, yeah, no, it's, it's great. I'm, I'm happy to, I just, I'm just a happy guy. I try, or I, I try to be happy. You know, I just, just try to be happy, happy and I just try to, you know, like I said, surround myself around people that, you know, give a shit and, 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 and want to be around me and, and I want to be around them. And, you know, um, just, you know, there's, there's things that you can do and, and make small changes in your life. And, you know, uh, even if, even if those are small things, you know, it's just kind of these small little steps that you can take to just be more happy, you know? Nobody's ever going to be fully, completely happy. You know, there's going to be somebody that's going to cut you off, you know, pulling out of a parking lot or something like that. Or, you know, uh, somebody's going to, you know, have a, a crying kid at a store. Like, you know, I, I, don't, I don't try to let that stuff get to me because I'm like, I can't control this. So I just have to roll with it and just, you know, I can't get angry at stuff like that. So it's just, there's a lot of stuff that's just beyond your control that you got to go with the flow and just got to let things happen because that's life. Damn. Part of it. Damn. Damn, you just broke it down. Yeah. Now I guess I have to follow up with the most important question of all. So what are you having for Hit lunch? Me. What are you having for lunch? You started off with the lunch Man, thing. It's a cliffhanger. I, we only got we 26 did. minutes did. left to yeah. discuss your lunch. <laughs> well, my, my gut my gut says to uh, walk down to my favorite uh, Mexican joint, which is literally at the end of my street, so I don't have to go far. And I'm justifying the fact that I haven't eaten there in, like, probably two or three weeks. So it's like, all right, man, I'm craving some tacos, and this is one of the best taco joints, I think, in all of the city that I live in. Mm. Uh, but there's also a really good deli sandwich. That's just Ooh. a little further down. That makes some real. That makes an Asian flank steak sandwich. That is delicious. Um, you know, so there's that. There's uh, what kind of tacos do you uh, usually geez. get, or do you vary it up? Man, I I like I like shrimp and pastel. Oh, uh, like the the spicy pork. The spicy pork. I think that's like a spicy slow cooked pork, right? I remember that from my meat eating days. Yeah. I'll, Ooh. El El Pastol, or I'll do, or I'll do a combination of two. I'll do the do the shrimp. I'll do two shrimp tacos and two El Pastol tacos. Ooh, four tacos. Queso. 
Oh, you get the queso yeah. on top Sometimes, of the Well, they're, they're, they're street tacos. You know, they're buck, uh-huh. they're buck 50, I think, or buck 25. You know, right. this is, this, this Mexican restaurant, Chris, this Mexican yeah. restaurant, yeah. I think, is the best Mexican restaurant that I've had in the city that I live in. Yeah. It's, uh, it's owned by a local Mexican family and actual construction working paint Mexicans eat there. Like, there's another Mexican restaurant that's literally a half a mile away. And I went in there one day by myself. I eat this is like my diner. I go in there all the time. I sat down by myself, I ordered my food, and there was a woman sitting next to me who had a shirt of the Mexican restaurant that was a half mile down the road. She worked at that restaurant and she's eating at this one. That and I'm tells like, you everything if you need to know. It's good enough for her. It's yeah. good enough for me. Yeah. I love that. I live right near a uh, yeah. place called Taqueria Cotzingo, Roosevelt Avenue, Jackson Heights, New York. Great tacos. Fantastic nice. tacos. And they're what? A couple bucks? A couple bucks, bucks. Three bucks maybe? A couple bucks. They fill you up. Get a little horchata to wash That's it down. Get a little horchata to watch it down. Yeah. A little Topo Chico. Ooh, the Mexican Topo Coke. Chico, the hipster water. Topo Chico has become very hip. I was in Austin, Texas. It is, it is become. I was in Austin, Texas. Yeah. Everybody's drinking the Topo Chico. Oh, you know what else they got? Yeah. You know, I know oh, the Mexican food in my neighborhood is so good. And like you said, I've mentioned on the show, I live in a neighborhood with a lot of immigrant communities. You get the Jaritos soda. You know Jaritos? Yeah, the Jaritos. I, I like the pineapple. That's, that's I, like I think that's pineapple. my jam right there. I like the tamarind. I just saw a restaurant in my neighborhood that has guava, and I don't think I've ever had that, but I will soon. Mark my words, that guava harito is coming my way. I don't think I've had that either, but I'm going to take a look after I get off the phone with you. I think I'm probably going to mosey on down there and get me a couple tacos. There's a deli in my neighborhood. I don't. You would love. You would love this deli in my neighborhood. Bodega. We call it in New York. We call them bodegas. It's like, uh, you know, not a. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can. A lot of them do have oh, yeah. a place where you can get a sandwich and sliced meats and stuff. But it's more. You can also buy your toilet paper and your laundry detergent there, like a little mini right. department yeah. store almost in a way. And in the back of this bodega, Roosevelt and 80th, you go in the back, and there's a husband and wife who moved here from Mexico, and they make some of the most delicious seafood I've ever had out of the back of a bodega, and it's delicious. Yeah. And it's del- that's it. This place delicious. When I when I first moved to town, my my old roommate, you know, about five years ago when I moved to town, he was like, "Man, I got this place up here." And I was like, "All right." And it's it's sketchy. It looks a little weird. It's got this weird, you know, cellular wireless, you know, store to the next of it. And you walk in, and it was a market, you know, and like half of it was a Mexican market, and the other half was a sitting area. And you used to just walk in. And you open the, fr- or the the fridge and you pick out the beer or drink that you want. You come back down, you sit down, and then you order. And they've become a little bit more popular, and they've gotten rid of the market and just full-on went on to a full-on restaurant. Mm-hmm. And I was a little nervous because I'm like, oh, man, here come the hipsters. Like, they're going to take over this place, and now it's going to be gone. But they never came. It's still mm-hmm. the best place in, in, uh, in town to get tacos, in my opinion. But uh, it's still, you know, it's still an easy place to get in and out of. It's it's the best. I love it. I love this combo. Do you have play? Do you have cities yeah. you've been to a bunch of times where you know what you're going to eat when you get there? Yes. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've been I've been I've been touring for like I said five 
going on six years. Oh yeah, I've got those. I've got those spots. I mean, man, New York City's got you know. You know, I haven't done any shows in Queens, but you know the shows that I'm doing in Manhattan. There's a couple of ramen spots that I like to hit up, and I know exactly where you mean that one block down in the East Village with all the ramen places. Is that what you're talking about? Yep. What is that like? Uh, that's 10th or 11th Street in the East Village, maybe right by St. Mark's Church. Yep, that's one of them. Um, Another one I like to go to is Iputo. Mm -hmm. I might be pronouncing that wrong. Iputo. Another's one down. No, there's one in Hell's Kitchen, but the, the the main one I think is oh shit. It's been a while since I've been to the I, I've been to the Hell's Kitchen one more because I'm staying more in Midtown than anywhere else. But uh, uh, it's been a while. Can't remember where the other one is off the top of my head. But That's oh yeah, okay. there's, there's That's one okay. all over the the place. I've got marked on a Google Map thing that you just kind of remind yourself. It's like oh, dude, we're going to Oklahoma City. My favorite coffee place is in Oklahoma City. Yeah, I got um, to. Yeah, I, there's different restaurants. There was a stretch where I was on the road a ton. It kind of, you know, you kind of fight to get to a point where you can go on the road and and sell tickets. And then it, when it came, then they get you out there a lot. And for me, that was around 2014. I wound up just on the road a lot, opening for Mike Birbiglia and then doing my own shows too. Mm-hmm. And I got sad because I realized that I had a favorite restaurant in LAX airport, and I was like, I got to slow down. If you have a favorite restaurant that's in an airport. <laughs> You're touring too much. Yeah, touring right. Too, that's, I, I, that's too I, much. Know, I've got a few. I got a few spots that I like to route. If if I know um if I know I'm flying and I know I have to have a connection, I try to route through particular airports. But um, <laughs> you know, it, it, that's you know that that's not that's not a you know. Luckily, I don't fly as much. We we bus mostly everywhere we go. So oh, that's the life. I like that bus uh, life. That's better than flying. Yeah. Bus life is fun. Bus That's life is uh, is fun. But yeah, I definitely got those cities, and you know, um, it, and it's and it's nice. I'm I'm still, you know, the the town that I live in is 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 growing at a very very rapid rate, and you know, it's 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 kind of fun seeing some new restaurants kind of pop up, and it's starting to diversify a little bit and get some really good, you know, ethnic foods in here, and um, it's 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 fun to be a part of a city that's growing like this. That's cool. What's the deal with your dog? And this is the perfect time to take a break, because if there's one thing I know about beautiful anonymous listeners, it's that they always want the answer to the question, what's the deal with your dog? You're going to have to wait and find out what's the deal with the dog, all you dog lovers out there. Support for today's show comes from Third Love. Third Love uses data points generated by millions of women who have taken their Fit Finder quiz to design bras with breast size and shape in mind. The results? A perfect fit and premium feel. Simply answer a few questions to find your perfect fit in 60 seconds. Then once you receive your bra, you can wear it, wash it, put it to the test for 60 days, and if you don't love it, return it, and Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. It's all a part of their 100% fit guarantee. This is hands down the most comfortable bra you'll own, with straps that won't slip, tagless labels, and lightweight, super-thin memory foam cups. They even have a line of incredibly soft and breathable cotton bras, they uh, had my wife. They had my wife test out their product, and she loved it. She loved the process. She thought it was very cool and in depth. And then she uh, she loved the product she got. She, uh, she she I always say she thought the detailing was great, and she got it. And it was she said, you know, it's just slightly off this way. And third love, they just said no problem. Let's fix it, and got her a new one right away. It was real easy, simple customer 
uh, service. It was great. And the whole idea that if you don't like your bra, that they take it back and donate it to people in need, that just shows you what kind of company you're dealing with. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering my listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash beautiful right now to find your perfect fitting bra. Get 15% off your first purchase. That's Third Love, T-H-I-R-D-L-O-V-E dot com slash beautiful for 15% off today. Thanks again to everybody who sponsors Beautiful Anonymous. And now let's finish this phone call. What's the deal with your dog? dog uh, what is the deal with my dog? She got to go to the bathroom she's real bad. Right on the... oh, okay, she's being good. Nah, she's fine. She's passed out on the bed. You know, but if if she hears me talking about her some more, she'll pop her ears up and just be like, "Hey, man, you gonna take me outside? It's cold here." It's, you know, but I I'm afraid. I don't know if I if I mean I I think my phone connection might be all right if to walk down there and have a quick smoke and let her out. But she's good. She's 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 a pain. She had, she had a lot of fun this weekend, but she's uh you know. She got back. I think she's just gotten getting getting over her road blues. Mm. We got back last night, and she just kind of like passed out. She's like, "I'm not talking to anybody. I'm gonna lay in my bed." And you know, got up this morning. She didn't even budge. I'm like, "Something wrong with you?" Wow. But uh, no, she's good. She's good. We're moving into a place that's got a fenced-in yard, so I'm like, I'm really excited about that. Oh, that's nice. It's a, it's the little things in life, man. Let her out. Let her run around. People always want to kill me. People always nail me. When I say this on the show, I've never been a dog guy. People crush me on that. Well, if, if I don't know how much time we left, but but I can probably I am, and I can tell you this: I am not a dog person. Really, I married into this dog. Oh, you did? No. Uh, I I'm not an animal person, and I don't I don't mean that I don't, I don't like animals. I. Uh, I'm a guy that likes, I'm a spontaneous guy sometimes. Like when I'm off the road, I'll get an itch and be like, man, I got, I got a ton of points. Like I want to go visit some friends. Like let's, let's go to the West coast or let's, you know, let's go to the beach or like, let's go. And then I forget that I got the dog, you know, like I had a dog before I met my girl. I had a dog and I swear to God, Chris, I had a dog for 10 days, (laughs) 10 days. And I'm like, that's it. I'm good. I'm out. I'm done. Cramped your style. I literally... I cramped my style. I found I found a home for this dog. I literally dropped the dog off, and then I drove up to Asheville, North Carolina, because I, I lived in the Carolinas at the time. Drove up to Asheville and went to a concert up there because I knew that the dog was in a, a, a better home than what I could provide for it. I didn't have to worry about it shitting all over the house or doing whatever dogs do when we're not here. And you know, well, and and I can do my own thing. I have, I feel guilty when the dog is here by itself. Like I, it, it, I can't stand it because I'm like, man, dude, if I like, I would, I would want to be out sniffing around, smelling the trees, like peeing on everything. But now I'm stuck in this house. I have that kind of guilt, which is why I don't want a pet because I don't want to put a pet through that. So when I met this girl, and then I realized the girl came with the dog, and I'm like. Oh man, I don't know, you know, but the dog's grown on me. We tolerate each other. I, I do take care of it. You know, I take it to the dog park, you know, I keep it socialized pretty regularly, give it a bath. I feed it. I take care of it. You know, I don't, honestly, I don't always like it, but it's, you know, we've, we've come to, to, <laughs> to grow on each other. So it's, it's fine. She's not a bad dog. 
she's past the age where she's chewing on everything, so that's good. So, you know, the house is pretty much in a in good shape. But, you know, I just feel bad leaving pets by themselves. I get it. I get it. We're similar people, you and I. Similar people. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's like, I mean, I, you know, I will dog sit for you if you need to. I will cat sit. I will come let them out and play with them. But, like, it's kind of like kids. That's why I don't want children. I don't want to be responsible for other people like that. You know, I, I do enough. I'm, I'm a caregiver. You know, like, I, I literally take care of people on the road, you know, and I've taken care of up to 15 people in, on, you know, on my crew. That's a lot. That's 15 different personalities that I got to deal with on a daily basis. When I come home, I, I don't really want to be responsible for a whole lot of anything. Yeah. I just kind of want to be able to just, again, like I said, the hardest part of my day is trying to figure out what I'm going to eat for lunch that day. And it, it, I don't need, it's a need to be more stressful than that. <laughs> so, Love that. you know, the, do- the dog's good. We, we tolerate each other, but I'm, I'm definitely not a dog person. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, heaven forbid if me and the girl break up, I'm not going to get a dog. I'll tell you that. Uh, it went, we're not breaking up or anything, but, uh, you know, if the dog gets hit by a car accidentally, you know, hey, let's not worry about a dog for a while. I don't know. Oh, people are going to, people are going to, my prediction is everybody listening to this is going to have loved you. And then that they're, and some people are going to say, nope, <laughs> nope, drawing a line. Yep, that's it. Everything yep, else I've learned about this person is out the window based on that one sentence. <laughs> That one sentence. No, nah, she's she's good. Um, I, I mean, you know, we we do. I, I mean, if I'm being completely honest, I'm just trying to be honest with myself. Be honest with you. You know, I mean, I'm I like dogs, but I I don't want to be a dog owner. You know, I'm a very responsible dog owner. Like I said, I take it to the park every day, and that's actually one of the other things I was going to do today. I got to put on some long johns. It's thirty something degrees outside, but I'm going to drag her ass out to the park because she likes to go to the park. Fair. I am a responsible dog owner. I definitely make sure that she gets taken care of, and I do take care of her, you know. Um, But if it wasn't in my life, I wouldn't be upset about it. Fair. You know. Let me ask you this. That's like a lot of things, you know. I hear you. Yeah. You mentioned that you'd like to take— like a lot of things. You rack up your points. So you rack up those frequent flyer points. I do the same thing, and then you'll blow it out and go, let's take a random trip. What's uh, What's the most random trip you've taken on your frequent flyer points? Funny story, actually. The most random trip I've ever taken actually happened a week ago. A week ago. And it was to um, Statesville, North Carolina. Okay. And this is a really kind of interesting story. Um, So uh, it had recently come to me that it is time to make – it's time to propose to the girlfriend. Wow. It, it had recently kind of come to that decision. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like, this is it. This is the girl that I want to be with. And, you know, I've, I've started, like, a couple of months ago, I've started really having these really intense thoughts. It's like, all right, cool. And we've talked about marriage. We've talked about things. And, like, we've, we've already agreed. You know, first off, we don't want kids, which is, you know, we, that's, that's a big one. You know, from the, we, that was, like, day one. We're like, hey, you and the kids? No, cool. All right, cool good on that end and the second thing we were like you know what we really don't want a big wedding you know and i was like that i'm cool with that i'm cool with not blowing a whole bunch of money on a wedding now let's go you know take a trip if we ever get married so in my head i like to do things over the top sometimes so in my head i'm thinking that the proposal has to be big 
stupid, elaborate, over-the-top big. She has always wanted this old, like an old pickup truck, like a 1970s pickup truck. So I'm on the World Wide Web and circling down the Craigslist rabbit hole, and I find this truck. It's a 1970 Ford F-100 Ranger. It's beautiful. It's the colors of the school of, you know, she's from a a town uh, north of where I live at. Uh, It's the same colors as the school that she likes. It's perfect. It looks great. I started contacting the dealer, and I was like, hey, man, what's up with this truck? And we started talking back and forth. I told him, I said, well, I live out of town. Um, I kind of want this truck as a proposal gift. So I wanted to buy the truck. I wanted to buy a ring, and I wanted to incorporate all of it together. Wow. So, uh, yeah, um, yeah, like over-the-top kind of dumb things. So when I found this truck, again, like I said, it, it, it happened really quickly. So I'm like, I'm talking with him. I'm trying to make a decision. He's like, as of right now, nobody else is interested in this truck. It's like, cool. The earliest that I can get to you is last Monday, you know, which is, I think uh, it was two weeks since I first contacted this guy. Um, you know, I had shows, I had stuff I couldn't get out there. And on top of that, I got to figure out how to get to Statesville without my girl knowing that I'm going. <laughs> and my whole goal, I bought a one-way ticket on my points with the hopes of driving the truck back to town and then getting home, you know, late in the evening and be done with it. And she'll never know. And, and you know, I, I had a plan. I was going to stash it at a buddy's house until I got it fixed up and then get the ring. And then, like, you know, the proposal wasn't going to happen until, you know, a couple, like maybe a month from now. You know, I got to get the truck ready. I got to get the ring ready. got to get all the other plan in place. I started walking site mapping where I was going to propose. I had contacted a good friend of mine who's a great photographer and was like, hey, I want to bring you in on this. Like, I started making these big plans. So I fly out to Statesville, uh, go test drive the vehicle. I even have a third-party mechanic. You know, I call him and say, hey, man, can you just do a once-over this truck? I got to drive it six more hours back home. Can you just do a once-over with this truck and just make sure it's mechanically sound? It's a 48-year-old truck. It's just a little comfort that I would like to have. And the guy agreed to do it. So everything was going the way that I wanted it to. Everybody checked out good to go. Now it comes down to me giving them the money, which was a little piss poor planning on my part. I had the money. I didn't have actual cash. That's a long story and another story for another day. Um, But I was on the East Coast. My bank is on the West Coast. I still bank with the West Coast Bank, credit union, whatever. Um, I was hoping to kind of get all this stuff done before the banks close on the East Coast. Well, that didn't happen. The owner of this place didn't want me. It's just a. There was some money issues between me giving it to the owner of this, you know, place that I was at, and we were just having some issues. And the guy was like, "Listen, we're not doing this today. It's got to wait till tomorrow when the banks open up." He knows this whole story. He knows that I'm literally buying this truck as a proposal gift, and I have to go back home tonight because I can't stay overnight. She's expecting me to be at home tonight. I have to drive home tonight. Well, it didn't come down to that. And so I was like, well, I got to call her. I got to call her and, you know, hey, I'm not coming home today. But <laughs> trust me, don't ask any questions. Just trust the process. <laughs> Let it happen. Just, you know, we've been together for three years. Like, you know, I, I travel for a living. Like, 
we're we're pretty open and honest with each other. So I was like, fine, fuck it. All right, I'll just I'll 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 I'll, I'll tread tread lightly and see kind of what happens. So I call her. Say, hey, mm-hmm. babe, listen. I'm in. I'm in North Carolina. I'm, I'm taking care of some business out here. Um, unfortunately, it won't get done today. I have to stay the night, but I'll be home tomorrow as soon as possible. And she's like, okay. She started asking questions. I like, please don't ask questions. Just trust the process. Trust me. Things are going to work out the way they need to work out. <laughs> so she says, fine. She trusts you. Go on. I was like, great. Get my, you know, I tell the guys, like, great. We'll do this tomorrow morning. Banks open at nine o'clock. The bank is literally right down the street from my hotel. I'm good to go. I book a hotel. I go back. As soon as I get to the hotel, she calls me. And she's like, are you buying me a truck? What? And I'm like, uh, yeah. Like, yeah. I'm like, A, I'm like, how the hell does she know? But B, I'm like, well, technically, no, because I didn't buy anything at this moment. You know, I'm, I was about to, but I can't. And that's, you know. So she starts to get upset. And I'm like, well, that's really the opposite reaction. But she doesn't want a truck, Chris. She wants a ring. And she doesn't want me to spend a lot of money on a truck because she wants a ring. She tells you this. So, huh? And she tells you this? You you tell her, yeah, you're getting a truck, yeah. and she's saying, why? No, 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 I know. I, I know that she, like, uh, it, it, you know, our, she, she okay. wants a ring. But this is, like, this is something that we've been discussing. Like, it's, she doesn't want me to buy stuff. Right. For her, she just wants a ring. So I had to tell her. I was like, "Listen, you're not upset at me. I'm not buying you a truck. I'm buying us a truck, but I'm I'm buying like the truck is a small idea, a small portion of this idea that, that's going to this bigger idea of a ring that you don't know about. You're not even supposed to know about the truck. None of this was supposed to happen at this moment. And so I had to tell her. I had to tell. Her. I said, "I said, listen." The truck was just a truck. It was for me, it's just a gift to something. She's been, you know, going back to school. She's had big exams happening this year. She started a new job last year. You know, she's been working and I feel like she deserves a truck. And I feel like she also deserves a ring. And I was wanting to do all of it together. And it kind of blew up in my face a little bit. And so, you know, we, we sat, we talked about it. And I had to tell her, I was like, listen, the truck was a part of a proposal idea. I had to tell her. Because I didn't want her to be upset at me and be mad at me mm-hmm. because of this truck. Right. She wants a ring. And so you don't like, want her mad. I go over the top. You don't want her mad right. for the th- when you are specifically accom- trying to accomplish the thing that would be the thing she, she would wants. be. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So yeah. How's this right. go? We got five minutes so left there, and I'm loving five. this story. So, uh, so we sit there and. Uh, the one thing I've learned about being in relationships is communication. And I have, and it's taken me, you know, three years to figure that out. You got to talk. You have to talk about your feelings. You got to talk about all of it. You have to. And we have gotten to a really good point to where we talk and we communicate. And I tell her things that are, that I struggle with, with us and with the relationship with whatever we need to work out. So I sat and I told her, and I was like, listen, I haven't, I haven't paid, I haven't bought anything. If you want me to walk away from this truck, I will walk away from this truck right now. Now, bear in mind, I did not have a plan to get back home. That truck was my way back home. So she was, she said, let's, she's like, let's walk away. Like, come home. Let's talk about it. Let's figure out. We'll, we'll figure it out. So here I am stuck in Statesville, North Carolina, 
that barely has Uber. Um, you know, I was on the Uber app for 20 minutes, finally got an Uber back to Charlotte. I rented a car and drove back home and got home at four o'clock in the morning. You know, <laughs> that's uh, a sad drive. She went up to work. Yeah, it's sad drive. The best part about that drive, though, switching gears just a bit. The best part about that drive is I got a rental car. I got a minivan for twenty nine dollars one way. You can always find the silver lining. You are the king of the silver linings. <laughs> twenty nine bucks. I got a one way rental. No drop fee. One way rental from budget cars <laughs> from Charlotte back home. Got home four o'clock. Twenty nine. I was so happy that I got a twenty nine dollar car going back home. The so we got back home, and she's at work all day. I get back, you know, and I'm festering. I'm, I'm stalking, you know, and I finally have to tell her. It's like, listen, babe, look, I got to talk to you. That truck was bigger. Like, there's something bigger happening besides the truck. Unfortunately, right now, my confidence is shattered. You know, I'm going to ask you to marry me. It ain't going to be anytime soon because I don't have a backup plan. That was my plan right now. So... We're, you know, you're going to have to wait a little bit. So I've got to come up with another plan mm-hmm. to ask this girl to marry me at some point in the near future, I feel like. Uh, but that is the most random trip that I've ever used my points <laughs> on, is to fly to Statesville, North Carolina, to pick up a truck that I was going to use to propose and have it blow up in my face. That's one and hell of a story. all of this is revealed. It's one hell of a story. Well, listen, I don't know if she's a listener to Beautiful Anonymous, but if you want to use this as a platform to propose to her, feel free. We have two whole minutes left. <laughs> you know, she uh, she has listened a couple of times, but she's not an avid listener. Fair. Uh, fair. She's not an avid listener to fair. the show. But, That's fair. Uh, yeah. She, you know, I don't even think I'll tell her about this. If she happens to hear it through the grapevine. <laughs> I do have some other friends that listen to the show. They know who they are. If this show happens to air at some point, if it ever does, they'll be sure to reach out to me. I know that they will. Um, it's it's not that hard to figure out. But, yeah, if she ever finds out about the show, she knows that I'm going to marry her and we're going to live and have a great life together. Look at that. Look at that. we got about a minute left. I've greatly One en- minute. I've greatly enjoyed talking to you, I must say. Likewise, my friend, likewise. And, you know, I appreciate all what you're doing. I hope uh, I continue to show, you know, uh, a long success. And, uh, you know, again, thanks for what you're doing. And I'm happy that I was able to get through. Thanks to you, man. I hope when when you're eating those tacos, eat an extra shrimp one for me. I love a good shrimp taco. You got it. I'm going to eat all shrimp tacos. All shrimp tacos? I don't even worry about the pasta. All shrimp tacos just for you today, Chris. Wow. I feel very, very honored. Very, very flattered. <laughs> All right, my friend. Well, you have a great rest of your day. I hope everything else works out for you. And happy Christmas, Merry Holidays, all that good stuff. And we'll, uh, you know, we'll see you down the road. Thank you. Same at you. Back at you. And uh, thanks for bringing such a, a nice burst of uh, relaxed positivity into all of our lives. Have a good one. All right, man. Take care. Caller, thank you so much. I uh, said it a number of times on the show, but I really needed to hear a lot of what you were saying. Thanks for waking me up and reminding me uh, what my priorities are and why I should be living this life and the things I should be looking for. Thank you. 
so much. And thanks to Jared O'Connell and Harry Nelson in the booth. Thank you, Justin Linville, for all your help in my life. Thank you to Shell Shag for the intro music. You guys are wonderful, and I, I love you. Love you, Shell Shag. If you want to know about me, I got some shows coming up. ChrisGeth.com, all my touring dates. If you want to help Beautiful Anonymous, what you can do, you go to Apple Podcasts, rate, review, subscribe. It helps the show when you do. We'll see you next time on Beautiful Anonymous. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous, Caller tells us what it's like to navigate the world with one less sense than most of us have. I was growing up in a little bit of a poorer household, and my parents were working all the time, and I got bullied a lot, and all of that stuff kind of culminates to make a type of person, yeah. you know? And then that brings us all the way back to why am I isolated now? Well, right. it makes sense. It's just the way that the atmosphere I was raised in and the uh, ideas I was raised with, like, oh, I got to take care of myself and I'm blind. So I got to really be crafty about how I'm going to do this. And that was, uh, that was part of the struggle. Yeah. That's next time on Beautiful Anonymous.